A good morning to you, sons and daughters of the Most High God. I come to you this morning, this Thursday morning, from the office of the Bishop as of Prayer. Yesterday we started talking about our identity. And I just want to recap on something I said yesterday, which the Spirit ministered to me to dig a little bit more into. I did say yesterday that in the realm of the Spirit, communication is most effective by your thoughts, imaginations, and pictures. Yes. Words are tools of communication, in, even in the realm of the Spirit. Your spirit words, according to John 6, 63, it says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life, the flesh profits nothing. So words are effective tools of communication, especially spirit-imbued and filled words. In the realm of the spirit, words are powerful. They are tools of communication. But I want you to know that over and above that, there are other powerful tools of communication in the spirit. And those are your thoughts, your imaginations, and then pictures. When I talk of pictures, I talk of dreams and visions. No wonder the Bible in the book of Joel says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the manifestation of that spirit move is that your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So dreams and visions are entities of communications in the spirit realm. When the spirit is poured out, they are most active because they are means of communication and interaction in the spirit realms. Also in Genesis 11, we see a very powerful illustration of the power of imagination as a tool of spiritual accomplishments. We are, we are told about, uh, you know, the Tower of Babel, a man called Nimrod who gathered some people together, and they wanted to build a tower to reach up to heaven. In verse 6 of Genesis 11, God himself says, he says, now these people are one, and there is nothing that would be impossible for them that they imagine to do. It tells us the power of imagination that when you imagine something, it's a spiritual act. It's something that is so powerful, effective communication tool in the spirit realm. It says nothing shall be impossible for them that they have imagined. So imagination is powerful. I just want to, I just feel like shedding more light on that for those who may not be familiar with those thoughts. In the spirit realms, your imagination, your thoughts and pictures, dreams and visions are very effectual, powerful tools of communication. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to the key uh, topic for today. Today, we're going to be talking about the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I want to recap by also letting you know that once you establish your identity in the spirit, and your identity in the spirit, once it is established, you prove it in the physical by the works you do. You prove it in the physical by the works you do. Let me illustrate by the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a time came in the book of Luke chapter 7, verse 19 to 23. Luke 7, 19 to 23. After John was in prison, he sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus his identity. He says, are you the one who is to come? Are you really the one, the Messiah we are looking for? Or should we wait for another? <laughs> he says, are you the one who is to come? Or we should look for another? So the disciples of John went to Jesus. And they asked him, they said, John has sent us to you to ask if you are really the one who is to come or we have a wrong identity or we identify you wrongly or maybe you are not the one. Tell us your true identity. And Jesus did not speak. He only allowed his works to show. The Bible tells us that at that moment, he healed the sick. 
He opened the eyes of the blind. He delivered those who are demon possessed. He did miracles. And then he sent them. He says, go and tell John what you have seen. In other words, your identity, especially in the physical realm, is to be seen. Is to be seen. Of course, you can talk, but mostly your performance, your acts, your actions in Christ should reveal and prove your identity. Are you proving your identity? Are you doing works of Jesus? Are you manifesting as a son for people to know your true identity? Search yourself. Your identity acts as a compass on your journey of life. Your identity is a compass that directs you and leads you on how to go, where to go on your journey of life. Remember, we are all on a journey. And even right now, I feel moved in my spirit to pray for somebody. I think there's somebody right now that needs this prayer. And I want to pray. May you never, may you never labor in another man's field. I say again, in the name that is above every name, may you never labor, labor in another man's field. Because when you don't know your identity, you could be laboring in another man's field. Also, I want to pray for somebody. May you never travel on another man's journey. May you never travel another man's road, another man's journey in your life. The most, the worst things that can happen to somebody is to have a mistaken identity and end up traveling another man's journey or laboring in another man's field. You will never have fulfillment and satisfaction. Now, to key into the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he was born, was born as Jesus, the son of Joseph the carpenter. But he became Christ, which was his identity. The identity of Jesus is Christ. Jesus Christ is not his name. His name is Jesus, or Christ is not his name. Christ was a title. Christ is an indication, a description of his identity, his mission, his mandate, his destiny. So Jesus, our Lord, became Christ when he was baptized. When he was baptized in the river Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him, that's when he became Christ. Before then, it was just Jesus, the boy. So the baptism in Jordan and his becoming Christ was like an initiation into, for him to come into his own, for him to start to flow in his identity, for him to start to fulfill his divine mandate. And I want to ask somebody asking, somebody listening to me today, have you come to your own? Have you come to yourself? Have you been initiated to your identity? Where, when, how were you initiated into your identity? When did you become aware of your identity, your mission, your goal, your mandate in life? Because until you really know your identity and you flow in it, you can never be a happy and fulfilled person. For most of us, usually we are initiated into our identity after we are filled with the Spirit. It could be immediately you are filled with the Spirit or sometimes after. That's when you come to your own, you realize, oh yes, this is who I am. This is what God gave me to do. This is my assignment. This is what I'm going to flow in. This is my life's mission and vision. And this is what I'm going to devote my life for and to in Christ. So the identity of our Lord Jesus is Christ. What is Christ? And how did they move in this identity? Christ simply means anointed Savior. The meaning of Christ, the word Christ, is anointed Savior. So Jesus became Christ, he became anointed Savior when the Holy Spirit came upon him after he was baptized in Jordan. To be anointed, I will use two words to describe what it means to be anointed. To be anointed is to be spiritually empowered. The Holy Spirit is the one that anoints. So when the Holy Spirit came upon him, it anointed him. 
So to be anointed is to be spiritually empowered, and secondly, to be anointed is to be uh, 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 to, to, to 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 be sent on an assignment. To be sent on an, on an assignment. You see, the Bible says how Jesus Christ anointed, how the Lord, how how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went to do good. So when you are anointed, it means you are sent on an assignment. And also you are spiritually empowered to do that. Those are the two key things about the anointing. And to be a savior, of course, Christ means anointed savior. To be a savior means somebody who is empowered, who has the mission, the mandate to save the dying, to reverse death, to save what is being decayed and destroyed, to reverse it, and anything that is perishing to stop it or reverse it. And so we see Jesus Christ moving in this identity. You know, he saved people from death. He saved situations from death. He saved people from pain and suffering. He saved people from shame. So he flew in his identity. When he was in the world, he was manifesting his identity. He was relieving suffering and pain. He was destroying and putting death to shame. Remember, even sickness is death about to happen. When your business is not doing well, it's about to die. When your family is in desire, it's about to die. When your ministry is upside down, it's about to die. So Jesus came to save all of this, and that's what he was doing because that was his identity. He flew in his he was he was flowing in his identity. And not only that, you remember Peter was the one who revealed the identity of Christ. <laughs> when Jesus Christ asked him, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So the second portion of his identity is that he's the son of the living God. That was very important. In other words, to be a son means he has a father, God in heaven. So Jesus Christ let us understand that in terms of his identity, he has a backup. He has a big daddy who he was answerable to, who he could rely on. Who will never let? He says, my father has never left me and he will not leave me because I do always those things that please him. And then he lets us know that this father is a living God. Do you know there are gods that are dead? <laughs> is your God living or dead? Do you treat him? Are you aware? Are, are, you, are you actively aware that your God is living? We know the grave of Muhammad and Buddha and all those other gods. And if you go there now, you'll probably see their bones. Or if you do a DNA of the soil there, you'll see remnants of their bones. But Jesus died and rose. He's not in the grave. So God is a living God. Just like Jesus is a living God, just like his papa God is a living God. So it's important to stress that. It means living God means he's active, he's vital, he's able to act today, tomorrow, and forever. Hallelujah. And so when we study the life of Christ, we see that he spoke and he performed fully in line with his identity. You cannot know what you are doing. You cannot fully fulfill your mandate until you define your identity, and then you make up your mind to flow in that identity. Jesus Christ defined his mandate. He says, I've come to save that which is lost. He gave his, what I can say is fourfold, uh, 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 you know, ministry operatives to heal the sick, to teach, to preach, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to raise the dead. And he gave us that assignment also. So Christ came, flew, moved, and performed in his identity. And so everyone needs to know their identity so that you can make up your mind how you are going to flow and move in your identity. 
Hallelujah. And so today, as you meditate on our Lord and Savior's identity, and how he fulfilled and moved in his identity, I want you to also know and prepare yourself to understand your own identity in the next few days so that you can flow fully and powerfully in your identity. But for today, I say to you in the name that is above every name, no shame, no sorrow. Once again, I say to you, no shame, no sorrow. Be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.